Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I was just like this moment of just feeling like I'm so far from home. I'm so far from the people I love. My parents are getting older. Am I making the right choices? I'm being asked to do all this stuff that is incredibly important and very exciting and it's what I've worked for for so long but it's also very stressful and because I haven't done anything to this like I've, I've worked on projects that have been optioned and then have gotten pitched to broadcasters but this feels like it's the first thing that's actually really going to go and I feel like sometimes still I'm waiting for my producers to turn around and be like you don't know what you're doing perfect Hi, this is Steve Whiteley, comedian, actor, filmmaker and writer, all-round ADHD creative. And welcome to my new podcast, Balancing Acts, where I talk to an array of creatives ranging from comedians, actors, directors, all sorts. And we talk about how they find a sense of balance or not between their creative lives and their everyday lives and how that has an impact on their mental health and beyond. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Balancing Acts. In this conversation, I am joined by the very talented, lovely and funny writer and actress Zara Symes. Balancing Acts is now made in association with The Comedy Crowd, who are a website and community that support independent comedy creators such as myself. I have a Comedy Crowd short, which is a a two-minute video one of my characters on their website they showcase the best new videos on comedy crowd tv which is comedycrowdtv.com and across media platforms so do go and check them out we covered a lot of ground in this conversation zara talks about how she transitioned from being an actor to an actor writer she discusses the reasons why she decided to start writing which were partly down to the challenges she faced in in trying to you know getting work as an actor because it's it's so tough out there there's so much competition she breaks down what a general meet is, which is, you know, when um, writers meet with broadcasters and, and production companies. And she talks about how she felt she blew opportunities with the likes of Channel 4 as she wasn't quite pitch ready. Zara gives a really honest and open account of her struggles with anxiety and, and how work-related stress led to a bout of what is termed as depersonalization, which is something I actually knew nothing about before she mentioned it. She explains that in more detail we discuss the highs of your project receiving industry interest and the ongoing pressures it brings including suffering imposter syndrome which is something i can definitely relate to 
and being expected to have all the answers to questions being fired at you from development execs left, right and centre. We also discuss uh, Zara's interests outside of writing and acting, which include uh, foraging. But more about that shortly. So over to Zara. Perfect. Oh, also, I should mention that the next door neighbour, Brian, uh, decided to bark during the recording every now and then. Very selfish. And uh, I think it was, you know, it was clearly attention seeking, but I wasn't I wasn't going to pander to him. I was not going to pander to Brian. I, I continued on professionally. But every now and then you might hear the odd bark. And also there is the sound of drilling there are builders nearby. Also very selfish. Decided to do building works while we were recording this podcast. So uh, it, it all leads to a lovely audio ambience. But it's no, it's, 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 it's here. It's there. It's not throughout the whole podcast. Don't let that put you off listening to this fantastic episode. Thank you. So you and I met on a on a, on, a, on a shoot. <laughs> yes. Was that about four years ago or so? Three, four years ago, I think, I think it was. So and, it was for a it was a corporate video, it was wasn't it? A corporate it? video. We were acting in. Well, I mugged you. Did I mug you? I, I did. Well, we there were different sketches. Um, yeah. In one of them, you did mug me. Oh my god! I've just remembered. Um, we got like stopped. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, because my acting, my my acting was so real. <laughs> it was so authentic. People thought that I was genuinely, genuinely mugging, mugging me. Yeah. Or my fear was so real that people were like, "There's a, a damn." I think it was more my menace. Like I think so. You, know, you were menacing. I was very menacing. You know, I've got a very thug-like face. Yes, you do. With, thug with life. A, a boyish charm. Thug. Thug life. Yes. Kind of uh, appeal. Yeah, and the plastic knife that I was holding. <laughs> was very realistic it was but you you had to grab my bag from me and run around the corner is that right and yeah. i had to chase after you is that right yeah to chase after me and i yeah. think it was the act of running and then people see a girl well. doing something so stupid as to run after the person who's just taking your bag like never didn't you beat me up as well didn't you eventually yes. catch up and beat me up yes i did yeah. that yeah. was a really fun shoot now that i think shoot. It. <laughs> yeah i went very method for that one i spent you the did. previous month mugging everyone yeah <laughs> earn a fortune much more than I did from that shoot let me tell you but that's the good thing isn't it about doing the line of work that we do mm-hmm. that you meet all sorts of people I thought you were going to say we occasionally get paid I'm like oh we occasionally get paid well it depends <laughs> if you're it depends if you're in the mugging line of business mm. or not that's true sorry I'm, I'm drinking a delicious tea that you have made me and it's um I mean it's not really a tea me. is it I mean it's more it's an infusion yeah I mean I felt infusion. insulted by you calling it a tea <laughs> it's fresh ginger mm. and cider vinegar oh and it it's very is... good for the digestion yes it tastes it it tastes good for There's no hint of the, sarcasm the, the in Zara's bowel movement yeah. area yeah it's, it's i'm feeling it working i might need to take a, a break in a bit yeah, it's good it's yeah. good we'll, we'll get a little selfie later with, <laughs> with our fresh ginger and cider vinegar i thought you were gonna say in the bathroom like no no i'm I'm not that close to you, mate. I don't way. allow fresh ginger and cider vinegar into the bathroom. Oh. It's a very specific house rule I've got. Really? Yeah, there's no reason for it. It's just something I've just decided right now. Okay, that's cool. But yeah. I have heard that like apple cider vinegar is actually good for multiple things, including like going into the bathroom. Scouring like lime scale and stuff. Oh, well there you go. Yeah. Well my I've not uh, that I've ever done that before, but I do sort of tend to Pinterest stuff of like, oh, aspirational, like no chemicals, like do that and then I just spray and wipe because I'm lazy. Do you put it on your vision board? I don't actually have a vision board. I was saying to my partner, like, we should probably do vision boards. Twenty twenty, man, twenty twenty, let's yeah. do it. And then we we forgot to do our vision board for twenty twenty. And there's still February, time. There's so... still you know, you've still got a lot of time. There's still you've got eleven months remaining. This is true. I mean, there's a lot of time. I, well, I, what would I, you put it? What would you have on the vision board? Well, 
mean, well, for those, okay, let me just break it down. Yeah. I'm sure most people know what a vision board is. Yes. But let's not make any assumptions. A vision board is where you cut out images of where you would like your future self to be at, maybe career-wise or personal-wise. You put it on this board and supposedly to make it more powerful, you're supposed to cut out an image of yourself, your face, etc., and stick it really? right in the middle. Yeah, yeah, because so, then apparently it's it seems more realistic. Okay, I didn't know that bit. I thought it was just like a, an act of collaging, like aspirational collage. Yeah, no, there's, yeah, you feel like you're in a Blue Peter episode. Yeah. But uh, that's what I've read, but who knows? But anyway, oh. that's the basic gist of it. I don't know, that sounds a bit creepy then. That's actually kind of like bordering on single white female to all like the people who I'm trying to emulate around me. Like, yeah, you know, do you think it's weird? a bridge in the corner and I'm like, I want to be you, I want to wear your skin. Is it weird that I've got you cut out on my... <laughs> Imagine you go into my room. Oh my god! If this doesn't come out, this might be my last, my last ever message to the world. I died bravely, and my skin is now hacking in Steve's closet. She very much enjoyed her last cup of apple cider I vinegar did. and fresh oh ginger. Oh my god! This is like a mummification preparation drink, isn't it? Well, that was quite a mouthful. Mummification preparation. <laughs> Good work. Good work. Okay, so the. What would you have on it? What would you have okay, on a vision okay, board? Okay, so let's go back to that. Um, so actually, what we do, what I do do, <laughs> do do, um, <laughs> not mature. Uh, I have uh, three best friends back in Australia, and we started doing this uh, thing every year. I think we've been doing it for about five years now. Where, um, it started out when I would come home for Christmas and over several bottles of wine, we'd talk about what we wanted to achieve in the next year, what we had achieved in the previous year, and we just sort of held each other accountable to the things that we hadn't had done. And, um, but because I haven't been home for a little while, we did it over Skype this year. And, um, so yeah, we've got like a kind of, what's, what's the one? It's not a mobile, but it's like your, your name in the middle. And then there's like sticks coming out from my side and then there's bubbles of words. Okay. Like it's, it's kind of, it's just a written vision board, I guess. Okay, great. Um, but yeah, so, oh God, now I'm going to forget everything that's on it. I do actually have a picture of it. Um. So does it work to like... So every year you hold yourself accountable. So yeah. you start at the beginning of the year and say, right, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to achieve. And yeah. each of you shares that. And then by the end of the year, you review it together. Yes, exactly. And so you find it's, does it work? Absolutely. That's a really good idea. Even if it's just sort of, you've made a step in the right direction. So last year's one was that I wanted to have a certain amount of savings in my account okay. at the end of the year, um, because I've been living sort of paycheck to paycheck and sort of on the bread line <laughs> for so long that um, I just wanted to have some savings put aside. And for whatever reason, it is kind of like that universal sort of um, coming together of various factors. I had that money, which would seem like a stupidly aspirational number at the end of the year, but um, my commercial that I'm in got renewed for another year. So that came through. Um, I got redundant from a day job, which came through. So it was just like, and it came to almost the exact number. So I do actually think it really does That's work. That's cool, yeah. Um, that's sort of just a setting intention kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. So you are an actor and a writer. I am. But you started off as an actor and then got into writing at a later yeah. stage, right? Yeah. And how have you find that has had an impact on your overall career? Has it like, have you sort of felt a sense of being like more empowered, like you're in more control now? Because obviously with acting... Mm. It's a thing where, you know, you're waiting for the phone to ring to a yeah. certain degree. Obviously, you can be proactive and you can make stuff. But with writing, it gives you really the freedom to create your own opportunities. Obviously, there's still loads of work that goes involved in it. Pitching, it's all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's a different kind of, like, empowerment. I think you're absolutely right because the acting, I just felt like so much was out of my hands. And 
Um, there was a certain like little taste of desperation to everything I did that I was just pouncing on everything so aggressively that I needed to, you know, every audition I went in like so prepared and like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Being over-friendly to the casting director. So over-friendly. Like, oh, how's the kids? Oh my gosh, hi, it's so great to see you. Did get my Christmas card? Um, <laughs> uh, actually, Daniel Kaluuya said something the other day on his uh, Instagram I think he was being interviewed by Jon Snow or something like that, but he had said that in his auditions, he had found like the key, like the the, the rule, the beautiful golden rule of auditioning and, and getting the role. And he said, get, get ready for this. Just fucking leave. <laughs> don't make small talk. Just get out Don't there. Don't be friendly. Don't be like, oh, you know, thanks. The opportunity is really great. You know, like, oh, ha, ha. just go. Yeah. <laughs> just leave as soon as the scene is done. And in fact, he said that he had done that and the audition wasn't over. He still had one more scene to do. He's there to run down the corridor and get him. But I actually thought it was really interesting because it's like, it gives you sort of an air of mystery. It gives you an air of confidence. You're like, I'm here to do the job and that's kind of it. I'm not here to schmooze you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just sort of, sort of oh, sorry, I got a bit distracted, but cycling that back to how it feels to be a writer now, it does feel like I have a lot more sort of ability to steer my own ship. Sure. But that ship is manned almost entirely by myself. Yeah, so there requires a lot of like self-motivation. <laughs> yeah, a lot of self-motivation. And also someone said to me once that being a writer is basically like having homework for the rest of your life. Okay, that's a nice way of putting it. And it really is. It feels yeah. like that a lot. Someone texted me the other day being like, hey, um, I, I talked to her about a pitch that I was going to send out soon. And she's like, how's it going? I'm like, well, it's not. Like, I've, I've got three other things I have to do before then. And it just sort of listing it out to her of all the things I had to do. I was like, oh, my God, that's that's a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. I've really got to crack on and do it. So, yeah. Yeah, so you how, – how long was the process between deciding, okay, I'm going to start writing <laughs> and then getting an agent? Okay. Because you you're, you're with you're signed to independent. I'm with a, a brilliant agency. Yeah. Yeah. Who are great. Um. How yeah. How long was that process? So I'm going to tell you the true story. Go for and it. And it's kind of I'm 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 trying to be more authentic. I'm trying to live more of my authentic self because I think a lot of, of my life as an actor, to my detriment, was not living authentically. Um. I actually denied being Australian for a, a lot because I thought that people wouldn't hire me for English roles because they'd always hear my Australian accent. So for about seven years, I, I talked like this, like, oh, hi, yes, hello, nice madam. You. Goodness, yes, we're grateful for every opportunity. Oh. Um, uh, so yes, uh, writing. I had, in the way of that tinge of desperation I spoke about earlier, I had been working at a very large American studio in an administrative capacity. It was just a day job. And they had a TV series in production that I desperately wanted to be involved in it. Tremendously well-known. I'm not going to name it because that would be embarrassing, but very, very well-known, one of the biggest in the world. And I thought, well, no, I can be someone in the background. I can have like a one-liner, enter the room, usher someone in, and then I've got that credit. And that's kind of how you get the ball rolling. You get one credit, TV credit and you get another one because people trust you to be able to hold it together. Um, so I had approached someone in that studio to say, can you get me a meeting with the executive producer of that production company that's like a shingle company within this big studio? She said, yes, no problem. So I sat down with this person and he's sort of well known for being a little bit, not blunt and it's, absolute, it's a very welcoming demeanor, but he's just a little bit, um, he said to me, what do you want? And I sort of blathered. I, I kind of, normally I'm very good on my feet, but I, his, his demeanor kind of threw me. So I 
sort of shuffled something out about wanting to know more about production. So he's like, okay, so do you want to work in the development team? And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, if I can shadow for a week, uh, my boss is going to LA screening. So I've got a week so that I can just come and shadow people in development and learn that side of it. And he's like, cool, I'll put you in touch with my head of development. And that was it. It was like five minutes because he's a busy dude. I was very grateful. Um, so then I had a meeting with his head of development and the lies just kept coming. So when he said, you know, so I think somewhere along the line of miscommunication happened. So you want to work in development. So are you, are you a writer? And I sort of said, well, I'm not, I'm not a writer. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm a writer. No problem. And, um, he's like, have you written something that I can read? I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I have which I hadn't. And he's like, oh, what's it about? And I had actually written a monologue for an audition that weekend, the previous weekend, that I couldn't find a monologue for, because they said, bring something. And it was for, I think it was an assassin character, a female assassin. So I'd written this sort of monologue about a girl who, a woman who um, had killed her little sister and didn't feel bad about it. And I thought that was quite an interesting person who just had this sort of lack of morality and I sort of pitched it to this person as my series is about a, a murderer who helps other murderers get away with their kills. And he's like, oh, that sounds, that sounds really interesting. Can I, can I read it? And I was like, yes, yes, you absolutely can. I'm just going to have to polish it. So um, I've got a script editor friend looking at it. She's going to give me some notes and I'll send, you, I'll send you the polish. And he's like, okay, cool. Like, no rush. And then I had to go home and write a whole hour long episode of a pilot series that I'd kind of already pitched and sort of weave this all together. So how long did that take you? Oh, um, I did a one day intensive course on how to write. And I think that was through industrial scripts. And then that was the Friday and I was hungover for it, which I was a bit embarrassed about. Industrial scripts, they're a website yeah, and I think organization, right? They did they used to do more sort of workshoppy bits. I can't I don't know if they still do them as much, but it was it was good. I mean it yeah. had sort of just like the raw bones of how to put things together, how the acts break out. Um and then I wrote the damn thing, I think probably in two or three days. Wow. Yeah. And it was an anxiety and coffee driven sort of just push. Um, I'd had plans on the Saturday night and I'd gone to a cafe, at, I think it was about nine in the morning. And I text my friends at 8 p.m. saying, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't come. I'm, I've got to finish this thing. And by that point, I was sort of page 40, just spitting, spitting shit out. You were in the flow state. I was in the flow state, man. And uh, yeah, so I walked away from that and then managed to finish it over the next couple of days. And then contacted a script editor friend of mine who did actually exist and uh, asked her to read it for me. And her feedback was, this is actually not shit. Like this is, I was really, really afraid when you said you wanted to send me a script because like I've read so many of my friend's scripts and then had to try and help them put it together in some way that makes sense. But actually it's 90% of the way there. And she had some tweaks and, and then I sent it off to this person, this head of development. And for six months I heard nothing. <laughs> and I was... I was kind of content to leave it because I, I felt like I'd already overstepped so much. And then he said, come in. And he sat with me for two hours and we broke the whole script down and he was talking to me about it. Sorry. And um, he was like, look, you know, we already have something in development at the moment that's kind of like this. So we can't take this any further. And I was like, <laughs> I really did not expect you to. That's fine. He's like, but I do think that you should look into getting an agent. And he gave me a list of, I think, 10 really amazing agents like top agencies Curtis Brown United Independent um and 
he said, use my name in the subject title, let them know that I recommended you. And I did. And of those 10 people, eight never replied. One said she would read the script and then later said no. Oh, actually, that was a man. He said no. And then one uh, just never replied after reading the script. So of those 10 people of this like amazing sort of sort of open door opportunity that I had from the head of development from like you, the you used his, companies. So you would have used his or reference his name yeah. in the email yeah. and even then they still didn't So and so recommendations. Yeah. He's read this script. He thinks you should get in touch. Yeah. Like It, it just, just goes like, to show like you. Can, it's so easy to get disheartened when you don't yeah. hear back from people. Like it just goes to they show. They ignore the They're top just, brass as well. Yeah, really, <laughs> people are busy. They're busy. People are busy. And I think also, um, so what eventually ended up happening was that same script editor, who friend who had read the, the original script, she put me in touch with who a girl, a woman who was then an assistant at Independent and okay. was just starting to put her own list together. And I met her and Sarah, she's going to kill me because I, I never told her this, but we sat down for coffee and she's like, look, I know you've been approached by loads of people, but I, I would really love to work with you. And I think we could have a great team. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, well, you know, I have been approached by many people. So I'm going to take a day to think about it. I've got a couple of uh, people who've made offers. So um, yeah, it was lovely meeting you and I'll, I'll be in touch in the next couple of days. And then like, she's like, cute me sitting <laughs> on the couch being like, is it too soon to text her back and say, oh, like, I'd love to do, to be represented by you. Yeah. Um, but we've, we're still together. She's, Absolutely, one of my biggest cheerleaders. I absolutely love her. So, um, so having her on board has been a game changer. It has you. been an absolute game has changer. Um, so, she, in in what ways has it been a game changer for you? She just made me take myself much more seriously. Okay. And I think you know what got me through the door was blagging. Yeah. But what gets you to stay through the door is hard work, and really drilling down into what you can and can't do and who you are as a writer and that was really difficult as well because I had never tried to pitch myself as a writer I didn't really think of myself as a writer it was actually you know imposter syndrome mark seven because I didn't think (laughs) I thought I was pretending for a lot of it and that script ended up getting pitched out as my intro script to the world and she sent it out wide saying like I've started representing this new writer she's female it's a crime script it's very sort of dark and gritty which uh, this was pre-killing eve so it was kind of quite splashy and okay. i think i had about 35 general meetings off the back of that with production companies it was it kind of blew so my mind just to take a step back mm-hmm. do you want to explain what a general meet is for, <laughs> for somebody who might not have heard that term before yeah so a general meeting is basically when someone has read something of yours or seen something of yours if you're a playwright they'll invite you in and it's kind of the first half it's it's an hour like and it's it, usually with a production company it's with a production company yeah. most yeah it's with a production company most of the time and it'll be someone in development and when you're just starting out it's a development assistant then perhaps it's a development executive then perhaps like once you've really got somewhere it's head of development um or they're just really excited about the script and they want you to sort of like double down with them um and yeah, for the first 20 minutes, it's a very casual chat. Like, you know, where are you? Where are you from? Um, been on holiday recently? Yeah, I've been on holiday. Got any pets? Where do you live? Oh, that's a delightful area. Um, and then sort of the conversation will inevitably, it's like a very, very audible so we loved your script. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like this moment of like, okay, we're done with that now. And three, two, one. Yeah, exactly. Cue and business. And um, it's always it's always lovely. God, I love general meetings. They're just so like affirming and just you feel like a good person who's talented and like people care about you. Because it's inevitably 
we really like the script because you wouldn't be there if they weren't interested in you in some way. Sure. And um, then they'll talk through the points that they liked, um, things that they had questions about, which for that first script, I feel a bit bad because it was a huge missed opportunity for me that I had written this pilot script without any knowledge of what happened afterwards. Like, I just did not know what the rest of the series was. I didn't know who the characters were, really. I just kind of lucked into putting together something that read... I mean, you only had three days to put it together, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I did okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those general meetings, some of them went really well, and some of them, because I was so green, went spectacularly badly. So it must have been a great learning curve in terms of it like was. trying to put together your elevator pitch yeah. type thing. Yeah, so by sure. the end of it, were you like, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say that because it makes me sound like I should be good at it now. But I, I'm, I'm much better at it now because you just got to relax. Yeah. And I was so so desperate to not let this opportunity go away yeah. because it was mind-blowing to me the, the the rooms that I was in like I had meetings at Big Talk I had meetings at Left Bank I had like places that made the shows that I was desperate as an actor to, to be, be in sure and they were talking to me yeah. <laughs> like they act like after 12 years and that's just in London of of being a working actor and and you know going up for roles I think I was like screaming woman like 17 times. Like, like how badly do I scream that I only got that role twice or something like that to have these people actually not just interested in you as a creative, but for your mind. Yeah. <laughs> and not just as something that you can perform for three seconds on camera. Did you have screaming woman down as a skill on spotlight? Was that part of the issue? Um, I do put screaming. Yeah, just on, screaming. Oh, you're yeah. not women. Sorry. I no, just, said, I mean, just, I identify gen- as women, but yeah. um, I do, uh, I, I scream spectacularly well. Okay. And I have sort of asked spotlight to put that on, you know, those the little tick boxes of talents. Yeah, I think, look, don't, don't be hard on yourself. I think a lot of development execs, they're not necessarily attuned to scripts. They don't. They don't. They're not necessarily. They don't necessarily have the expertise on certain screens. Yeah, it's quite nuanced. You know, it's a particular skill set, and in order to have that skill set, you have to have been screamed at a lot of times yourself <laughs> to Rather fully than being appreciate. The screamer, you have exactly. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Screaming. Yeah. Um. Luckily, I sort of kept, managed to keep all those screams within myself. It's more <laughs> of like a mental scream. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, during those meetings, God, there were some that I was just. I had one at Channel Four, and I just I bombed so badly. I was. It wasn't that I was unprepared, but I just, I was still kind of learning what the difference between a Channel 4 show and a BBC show is. Like it's, and then, you know, within the BBC, there's BBC 1, 2 and 3. Well, there was 3, but, um, well, there's still 3. It's just a different um, format now. But yeah, just, I just didn't know. And I, I was so aware of how much I didn't know that I think the stickiness of actor, the, the actor desperation still kind of clung on a bit. And I just, I pitched, because the other part, so, you know, 20 minutes for, in a general meeting, 20 minutes for saying hello to everyone and, and, you know, where do you come from and where do you live? And then 20 minutes of you're amazing, we loved your script, you're brilliant, what other plans do you have for it? And then there's another turn, which is the, the final sort of 20 minutes of like, well, you know, have you got anything else that you, um, you know, this, this one's probably not for us, but we loved it, but we're really interested in you as a writer, like what other ideas do you have? And at that point, because I hadn't actually developed that script as a serious idea, I I just didn't have anything. And it was it was I know, you know I hold my hands up now. 
sort of talked to Sarah about it, my, my agent being very apologetic that I feel like I blew 30 to 35 general meetings, like those opportunities, because I just wasn't, I was just green. And I just didn't have that, that expertise yet to say, like, here, here are my next, this is my slate, essentially. This is why you're interested in me. So, I mean, it wasn't a complete, you know, disaster. That script actually did get optioned at a brilliant production company um, and was developed there for a year before it stopped. But um, it's, and, I, you know, I've got relationships from those initial general meetings, yeah. like a handful of people who we just got on as people. Yeah. Which is the other thing, like, to really stress is that the development boards are just people as well. And they just want to find people that, they can work with and because it's such a it is such a demanding experience and it is stressful and when you're developing a project with someone you are being asked to mine some pretty so, so i mean especially the stuff that i've been writing like a lot of dark aspects of your personality and things that you perhaps don't show to people because you're too busy trying to be attractive and and um approachable so it is it is quite stressful. So you do want to go through that with people who you actually like mm. as a person and that you can kind of trust. So there's a couple of like people I met at those general meetings that I thought were great, but I just it just didn't click. So, you know, that opportunity that I lament as oh, I, I didn't pursue that as hard as I could have, like, well, it's probably never gonna be anything. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing they sort of pick up along the way is like there are opportunities that are for you. And there's opportunities that for someone else and you say goodbye to those opportunities and you wish them well. And you think, you know, someday someone is going to make a fantastic show with whoever gets that opportunity and it's going to be amazing, but it was never going to be me. But that's like a very healthy approach to take. And that's probably mm. the, something that you develop over I'm time, right? Healthy. I've just had so much cider, apple cider vinegar and ginger. You're just, you're just <laughs> glowing <laughs> with health. The new person. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, I would imagine that's something that you could that kind of attitude develop over time. At first, it's probably quite difficult mm. to to take that perspective because you want it all. Yeah, it's mine. Yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> I just want success. I just yeah. want to, you know, be able to pay my bills and to be able to tell my mum that she was wrong about me. Damn it! Like I am going to be successful. Damn it! Um, and she's my, listening right now. Mother, what message have you got for her? <laughs> no, mum always says like she. I always knew you were an, a writer, and I'm like. Is that just because you never wanted me to be an actor? <laughs> she actually said this when we, we Skyped so like, she, on Saturday or something. Does she think uh, that it's uh, it's kind of got more security, oh, yeah. the idea of being a writer? I think she can say it to her you know, her friends her back friends, home. She's like, my, my daughter's a writer rather right. than like an actor. Because like, the follow-up question to actor is, what she been like yeah. to see? And she's like, oh, nothing that's made it to Australia. Nothing, nothing yet. Like some fantastic sort of YouTube stuff and a couple of commercials that you can see on YouTube. But... Mugging victim that uh, oh. went uh, viral on YouTube. God, did we? Did... No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity. It will once, you know, we when we hit the big time and, and they'll be like... Sure. <laughs> in the way that like pictures of Brad Pitt dresses a hot dog in like his first advertising Role. Or did he just talk about that? I can't quite remember. But there was something he was talking about. One of his first jobs was as a hot dog, okay. dressed up, and yeah, like that circles back to haunt you later. So basically, it's stuff that we've done together. Yeah, but you got to pay the bills though. Yeah, you got to pay those bills. It's a fine line, isn't it, between humiliation and being uh, financially secure? <laughs> it is the finest of lines. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a bit. So what what was it like? that uh, process the development process mm-hmm. so when you did have something in development how how did you find that in terms of working with the production company and getting notes and was that a whole new experience for you completely 
Um, and luckily I'd been doing a lot of research by then and I'd found this podcast script notes, which great, is great fantastic. Yeah. And it, one of the things they say is that like, there's no such thing as a bad note. I mean, there can, can be bad notes, but when that note comes in that you're like, that's so wrong. And you've so misunderstood what I was trying to do. And what you've just advised as a fix is so stupid and ridiculous. It's an opportunity to be like, well, why has that occurred to that person? What has bumped them about what I've done to, to sort of make them feel that way? And so it's not necessarily be like, okay, I'll take that advice and actually put it into the script and change it. But there is a, there's a catalytic moment in the script as it currently stands that is bumping that executive. So I have to go in and, and sort of dig down onto it and be like, okay, so what is that? And how can I smooth that out? Um, but yeah, sort of development in general, uh, it's, it's great when it's going well and you're working with people that you love and like going into production companies and sitting in their big broad rooms and, and being like, look at the person with the answers is fantastic until you don't have the answers. Sure. Um, and that first, uh, experience of development was so amazing because I was so well supported by that production company. Um, but I would do so many things differently now. Okay. Like I would, I, I wouldn't have waited to be in the room to try and understand things about the the series. I, I would actually do a lot more work on my own. Um, and I do, I do find that sometimes I get a little deer in headlights um, that when someone asks me a question and, you know, everyone turns their head to me because it's such a internal thing that you're doing, you're trying to find, you're trying to follow the pathways of a story in your brain. Yeah. And then you're also doing this sort of Rubik's Cube thing of, okay, if I do that, then it follows this path. And if I do that, it follows this path. And you're trying to follow it all the way through to the end of the series while 10 people are watching you. Sure. And I just find that a lot of the times I perform much better when I'm by myself putting things together and then I'll show them to people and then get... I love, I love getting notes because luckily I work with super smart people who've all been like, the people who've taken my projects in the same way that I was talking about the opportunities are for other people. The people who have taken my projects are people who really understand what I'm trying to do. So okay. the notes that are coming back are really smart and they all add up in a different, like in a way to elevate the project. None of it is to bring it down or to sort of break it apart. It's always like these, all everyone is trying to make this better. And it just feels like you're really supported and you're on rather than being like this sole person where you, you do feel like that as an actor. Sometimes you're part of a, a crew of people who are all like sort of wading through the mud. Like, you know, this is our Vietnam, like uh, trying to get to green light. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay. So on that note, obviously writing is quite a, a solitary pursuit. Mm. Obviously, if you're in a if you're in a writing team, that's different. And then when you're going back and forth with with execs or script editor, then there's a team feel to it. Yeah. But for that initial period when you're on your own and it is solitary, how does that affect you for like from a mental health perspective? Is there like strategies that you put in place for like, okay, do you know what? I've been indoors for the last ten <laughs> hours. I'm losing my mind here. I need to get the fuck out. Yeah. I mean, I I can't write from home. At the moment, okay. It's, I just find it it's too easy to not be on my own case. So I do tend to write annoyingly and very clichédly in coffee shops. Um, luckily, I live in an area where there are many and none of them are chains. So I can like help local businesses or at least that's what I'm telling myself when I'm spending so Doing much money deed. on coffee. Yeah. Or at least like one coffee that slowly gets cold and people keep trying to edge forward to take it away. I'm like, not yet. Like, but it's cold. Like, it's fine. 
I'll tell you when I'm done. <laughs> it's done when the dregs are gone. I've licked the licked the interior bowl. That sounds weird. Um, <laughs> uh, but in terms of like um, the mental health of it, so I was working full time up until sort of mid last year, and it was incredibly helpful to me because we were talking before about how um, some people work differently. Some people. Um, taking a paycheck or at least having money that they don't have to hustle for means that their creativity is a little bit more stagnant. And some people, um, and I find myself to be one of them, is that if you have some sort of financial stability, it gives you the freedom to actually just... Not worry around. about that stuff. Not worry about it. Yeah. Not try to force You don't things. feel as stressed. Yeah. yeah. So while I was working full time, I had this like lovely pressure cooker of um, having a pay- paycheck so I didn't have to worry about money. But um, only a certain amount of time. So I was writing in the mornings on my commute into work. I was writing in my lunch break. I was writing in the evenings and it was amazing. I got so much shit done. And then when I stopped working, I was like, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. Like I'm going to have all this time. I'm going to get so much done. I had all this list of um, ideas that I want to explore. And I spent two weeks in my house by myself and I was just going out of my mind. And I realized that I'm quite a social person. Like I need to be around people at some point. And I think that's only healthy as a, as a writer as well, because if you're, if you're too interior and if you're not paying attention to the world around you, you won't be able to pitch projects that mean anything to other people. They'll be amazing to you, like so personal, so, so amazing. But in terms of what's going to appeal to a vast viewership, probably, probably not. There might be a, a nugget of an idea that you can explore out to make it more universal, but um, it will be very, uh, one di- not one dimensional, but just a, a different kind of series um so yeah I just uh, I, I needed to go to cafes but also I mean the upshot of it is that I've re-engaged my friends in a different way friends became when I was working full-time because you're talking to people in the office and you have your office friends and it's lovely um my private time was my time for writing so actually my friends this is going to sound awful but my friends actually came a little bit of a burden and I was tired because I was working all day and I had the stuff that I needed to, like I was still working with production companies and still had things to deliver to deadlines. Um, so it made, it made me feel like I had to cut my friends out. And because I was, I'm, I am still dating him, but my, my partner at the time, like a day of the a week, at least one to two days of the week in the evenings were for him because I wanted to see him. And then I had, you know, two or three friends who were like, oh, can we catch up? I'm like, well, you know, I can schedule you in for three weeks time. And then that day rolls around. You're like, oh my God, I don't want to, like, I want to see her obviously, but I'm just so tired. I, I want to go home. I want to sort of, you know, hike in and, 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 and then they message you, and they message, say, they message you saying, oh, I'm really sorry, <laughs> but I can't make it. And you're like, oh, no, no worries at all. You're like, yes. That's the most beautiful thing in the, the world. The best feeling in the world. <laughs> Being cancelled on. Oh, I feel so good. And then afterwards you're like, why don't they want to see me? Oh no. I'm not, I'm not as important to them as I thought I was. Um, but yeah, I I do sort of prioritize my friends in a different way now, which is great. Uh, but I, I am still struggling with the fact that I am my own master now. There's Mm. quite a lot of pressure to, you know, the the savings I've got that, that beautiful sort of, um, set intentions, money that saved uh, at the end of last year. Already there's a chunk missing from it. Someone stole it, Steve. Someone stole that money. Um, but it was me. <laughs> it was me playing the mugger. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop mugging me. I just don't have that much money. Got mugged off. <laughs> um, okay. So 
do you have a structure now to your day now that you've got all this free time and mm. it can be a scary thing to wake up in the morning like okay what am yeah. i gonna write today do you have a do you know for instance like brian brian, on, brian. for fuck's sake brian tell it brian i, I <laughs> absolutely attention seeking oh, what a whore um i'll get you on next week <laughs> He won't. We'll do it al fresco in the garden. <laughs> it's still too cold. Um, yes. Do you, so. yeah, do, do you like, do you know, for instance, what times um, you're most effective at writing when the creativity seems to spark? And do you have like a very structured, to your, a very sort of structured time? So like, okay, I'm going to write from this time, this time, mm-hmm. then have a break and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Well, I'm a, a bit embarrassed because I know that you're very good at that. Um, Only recently. <laughs> I, I never used to be. It's still it's still hugely aspirational to me that you you do all this you know listening with just wide eyes when you told me your day, but um, yeah so I'll tend to get up when my partner leaves to go to work, and then I'll make myself some coffee. I might stay in bed for a little while just to do all the sort of emailing and Instagram catch up stuff. Instagram catch up like like that's the thing, my to do list Instagram, um, but around like nine ish I try to go and do a half hour yoga so I've started to do this I've done a 30 day yoga uh, series on wet on uh, YouTube uh, which has been actually amazing like that in terms of like I know some people meditate but I can't quite sit still long enough um, and my brain sort of goes million miles a minute and then I'm always like coming up with that's an why idea. you should meditate because your brain goes a million miles an hour make, you sound, make it sound so simple it's not like what it's like a muscle it's like any uh, like I, I know I probably come across as like a, a, this sort of meditation You're advocate, and it's like I'm, I've, I'm, uh, I'm, I've got a pyramid scheme. It's like oh, this yeah. meditation pyramid scheme. <laughs> so, because every episode when it comes up, I'm always sort of like really Thought evangelical about it. Yeah, yeah, because I know that the effect it's had on me. And so when I hear people say that, that's exactly how I was. Because mm. I was like, you know, off the scale ADHD. As like people who've listened to other episodes probably might have noticed, or I've, I've mentioned it before. But um there was a game changer for me. I could not keep still and yeah. my, my thought process all over the place. And then I, I started doing two minute meditations and then those turned into five minute meditations and then they got a little bit longer so and longer. So maybe I'm just confused by meditation because to me, it's like sitting still, not doing anything. But is do you have like a guided thing that you do? Yes, yeah, so you can have... I, I What I found really useful, the, the, I think the game changer for me was, I'm just looking up there because I'm seeing if I've got the book of it, but um, it's a book called Mindfulness by a guy called John Williams and someone else. Mark Williams, actually. I think it's Mark Williams. And, yeah, we go. <laughs> and someone else. And someone else. No, that's the name, the name of the author. Someone else. Oh, right. Yeah. And uh, it comes with, it's it's like an eight-week course, and it comes with this audio, this uh, known as a CD, is what they used to call them, <laughs> an audio, or you get an MP3, whatever. And uh, they're guided meditations. And mm. so they will guide you through it. Um, and they have different types of meditation, starting in two minutes. And eventually, by the end of the eight weeks, you're going up to like 30 minutes, I think. Okay. That was a really good introduction for me to get into that. So it's definitely not about just like blanking your mind. Yeah, I think the, that's the, where the, I've the gone following wrong. of the it, well, counting of the breath is what's really good. But there's there's so many different types of meditation. But for me personally, yeah, I found it really useful in terms of uh, creativity mm. and just like quieting down the voices. Yeah. Do you ever feel? I mean, it sounds like you've got a really good structure for it. But do you ever feel like taking that half an hour is like? not selfish not not like it just always I always just feel like I'm up against it like I need to like I've got so much I need to get done so even just taking half an hour to to sit down sometimes is like 
wow, like you really think you can afford to take this time? But I did until yeah, I do. I, I did occasionally, but I also know the effect it has mm. on me far outweighs that half that that time that I would spend trying to get an extra half an hour in writing. And now also because I've started my days much earlier, I have the time to do yeah. it and not feel under pressure about it. Yeah, no, that's good. All right, you flogged it. Give me yeah. a book. Another ten percent. Another ten percent for me. <laughs> oh, I'm not buying the book. I'm taking yours. It's a reverse mugging. <laughs> no, no, it's, like it's just synchronicity uh, with I, our I, relationship. It's not that. I just have ten percent uh, copyright ownership over meditation ah. itself. Oh, over meditation. So if anyone oh, meditates meditation. somewhere, I get like ten percent of that. Man, there are some really pissed off gurus it's right a now. Spiritual bank. Yeah, spir- yeah. spiritual bank. It's a spiritual bank. <laughs> gonna go spend, spend that spiritual money in a spiritual oh, store. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. levitating as we speak. <laughs> I mean, you are sitting like cross-legged on the floor. Like a guru. Yeah, I know that's, uh, yeah, you're not the first person to say that on this podcast. <laughs> it's literally because, as I said to you before the podcast, the option was to do it on this mm-hmm. table and chair, but it's really squeaky and uncomfortable. And, and it seems quite formal as well, like yeah. opposite each other. Like a job Very intense, yeah. Whereas yeah. there's a little bit more cash. Yeah, I like I'm feeling sort of like, you know, I can say I can say my truth to you, man. Yeah, that's part of the mind factory. <laughs> Perfect. Hello, sorry to interrupt in the middle of this insightful conversation, which I'm enjoying, I'm sure, just as much as you are. But I need to give you guys a little reminder. Uh, If you like this conversation, this episode, if you like balancing acts in general, then please do subscribe to us, rate and review us because it makes the world of difference. And the more reviews we get, the more rates we get, the more people can discover the podcast and we can make it go viral, whatever that means. Okay, back to the chat. Um, okay, so, so meditation's uh, so yeah. out the window, but yoga is very yoga, much in. I have really enjoyed it. It's done a lot for my lower back, which I'm also very grateful for. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just nice to take that time for yourself. So I do that for half an hour, 45 minutes in the morning. And then we've just got a puppy. So like my whole life has kind of become about her. Um, and so there's like walking and like picking up of various substances and feeding and stuff. So that's kind of become part of my structure, which has sure. actually been hugely helpful to someone who's like, I'll eat whenever. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> and then eat a huge like pizza. Cause it's like, I haven't eaten all day. It's like, <laughs> it's not very healthy. Um, and then my, my sort of optimum writing time is annoyingly like a 1 PM till four or five. Why is that annoyingly? Well, it's just in the middle of the day. Like you do a lot of meetings at that time. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Whereas I feel like if it was like midnight to 4 a.m., I mean, that's not good either because you need to sleep, but like times that other people don't need your time is much more um, sort of achievable than than that space. But at the same time, it's like, it's a lovely time to go out and sit in a coffee shop and and doodle along on your writing. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Among the sea of other Apple-related project products of people like, honestly, the, the cafe I was in yesterday we were all, it's so selfish. This poor cafe is like, we're all on our own table and we're all writing and we're all nursing this one friggin' coffee <laughs> that they've sold to us. Writers have ruined, single-handedly oh. ruined the coffee shop industry. Yeah. It looks like they're making money because it's always full. Yeah, because it's, it's like people like us who are in there all yeah. day and sipping on the tepid cup of tea. Yeah. Tepid. It's delicious, by the way. I'm really enjoying it. It's great. Yeah, you just keep sipping it. Ooh. I am going to yeah. charge you. I will charge you. So tap it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of, that's, at the moment, that's how I structure my day. I'm okay. sort of thinking about revising that in a different way. But, you know, puppy 
needs needs me right. Puppy she needs, needs me. a TLC. She needs I needed. Yeah, you keep telling yourself that. I needed. Make yourself feel wanted. I needed. That's why people get dogs, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's a reason to feel wanted, to feel important. Yeah, yeah, and I am. You, you are, yeah. I am absolutely everything, and it's amazing. And then she tries to bite my feet, and it hurts like hell because her teeth are so sharp. Look at my oh. hands. I look at that. I'm oh, like wow. covered this, in scars. She scars, yeah. She bit my lip the other day and like made me bleed. I was like, this is like an attractive new piercing that I can pull off, or I think it, I might, I might be gone. But anyway, um, she's so savage. Needs to be, it's like a role reversal. You can call it RSPCA, but for owners that are <laughs> hurt by Who the cutest puppies yeah. that look like a teddy bear. Sorry, <laughs> aspirational puppy owners. There's no sympathy here. No, no, I made my choice. Okay, I'm going to get on some more of uh, this side of things. Yeah. Before we do, I should probably mention your female-led anthology Ooh, series because yes. it's not every day you pop up into variety, is I've it? Arrived, darling. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> it is. Like, it's, it's, is this sort of like, out of everything you've done, is this the project at the moment that carries the most excitement and potential for sure okay. it's the one that has a real fire underneath it and so, it's really sort of steaming in, in the right direction do you want to explain how you know yeah. how it started and so the premise of it about three years ago and that's that's a reality of development as well like yeah it's, it, it's a long it process takes that long like three years that was me pitching it to my agent having the idea pitching it to my agent starting to put it down on paper going to a meeting with a film production company meeting with the guy there and him being like as we were walking out the door we're also looking for any tv projects are you working on anything and me sort of giving him a very quick verbal pitch as we were leaving and see going back to all those 30 or 40 general meets yep. it all comes back into play because you were probably like yeah i got something yeah, for I you got something for you come on <laughs> Firing out AK-47 like. <laughs> Sorry, just what you were doing that was like from your chest to look like sort of Austin Powers fembot guns. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was the intention. Oh, okay, good, good, good. It's a good visual. Um, yeah, well, you know, slight sidetrack. I have found that almost everything good that has happened to me in my life has come not because I've actively pursued a certain, like I'll set an, set an idea of like, okay, so I'm going to contact the guy that, from this production company and I'm going to pitch myself as an actor and he's going to be like, oh, I can't believe we didn't know that you were alive. Yes, of course we'll put you in something. But it's always the left turn. It's always that like... Something off piece, isn't something it? Something off piece. Yeah. Something that you have to roll with and, and so just kind of be open to. Yeah. And I think that's like really important in this industry. Just be absolutely open to everything. Yeah. Like not everything that doesn't feel right to you, but just to things that you go, yeah, that's actually really cool. Or that's a really great opportunity. And then also don't doggedly pursue one thing because you think that's going to be the thing. Because I can guarantee you that's not going to be the thing that goes right. first. Yeah. And also it makes me think that going back to this, um, you know, this idea of how long the development process takes, mm. how important it is to have a job or to have yes. income because, you know, if, if it's your first experience of it and you get this, a bite from a broadcaster mm -hmm. or a production company, you could naively think, oh, great, this is yeah. it, I'm made. You can quit my job. I'm going to quit yeah, my job. it's amazing. Three years later, you're yeah, out yeah. on the streets. So when it comes to, we'll just walk through it really quickly, but when it comes to a production company looking at your stuff and being like, yes, we love this project. So with that particular one, with her, with her horror, um, the producer that I met with was Michael Nakan. And he, um, I sort of pitched it to him as we were walking out the door. He's like, that's a great idea. Um, send me what you have. And at that point, it was like a... Three page series pitch. You know, these are the episodes. These, this what will happen. This is the idea of the whole series. These are the themes. It's a log line, which is like a two sentence pitch of what the show would be. Um, and 
he, I sent that to him. He's like, great, I want to work with you on this. Um, and because he was transitioning himself into a new production company, he um, took it under a shopping agreement, which sometimes there's money involved in that. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes it's a nominal fee. Like here's one pound for the shopping agreement. And that it's like a sort of junior option agreement. So for a shopping agreement, they can take it for as long as it's stipulated and they can exclusively shop it out to production companies and to broadcasters. And off the back of that, we stepped that up to an option agreement when Zoe Roker, who's my other producer um, from Movie Rock Pictures, came on board and that became a full option. So that was for one year and that was a, a good amount of money. It's not money you can live off for more than a, a couple of months, but it's it's for you know for writers who've never been paid for their work before. It's like, oh my God, this is real money. It's fantastic. Brian's clearly excited Brian by it. over the moon. Thank you. Thank you for being so happy at my success. Um, but the upshot is you can't quit your day job on that money. Like you, you still need to be hustling on other other producers or have like six things optioned, which by that point you can't really dedicate any good amount of time unless you're amazing at multitasking, which I like to think I am, but not to that point. Like I think mental multitasking is, is quite, uh, hard work. Yeah. Um, physical multitasking is much easier. Um, I've kind of, kind of lost it. Oh yeah. So we went to the option agreement. And then um, through those two producers, we now have a distributor attached for um, her horror, which is Wild Bunch TV, which is so exciting because they're just an amazing um, distribution company. They work primarily in film, but they've just opened up a TV arm, which is yeah, just they're so huge. Exciting. They're loads it's of great so stuff. exciting. Um, and we're sort of approaching talent now. Okay. Um, and would would the idea for you to cast yourself uh, in it yeah, as a role? Yeah, my producers don't know that yet, but I'm going to be in every episode. I am the protagonist yeah. in every episode. I'm weird. the protagonist and the antagonist. <laughs> I range, damn it. Um, I mean, I, I would like to give myself. I'd actually... Do you, do you always write uh, each... Because obviously you're an actress mm. and a writer. Um, do you write each project with uh, that in mind? Like, I, or, or are you kind of completely... You know, it's all about the project yeah. and you know if there's a role great but if not you're not going to go out your way to write yourself apart. it kind of harkens back to the work I've been doing to not be ashamed of my acting side because <laughs> right. I think I think when you approach some production people and you tell them that you're an actor as well as a writer there's sometimes like this look that goes over their face like a kind of like you, they can almost feel the past experiences of stickiness for, of, of meeting with actors who are like you know I'd love to you know be in your show and like anything like that and they're just trying to get through their day and you know not be accosted by random people who are not right for the project have done no research for it or you know just sort of bumping into them in the street because I you know there there are stories about actors who wait outside production companies and have googled what people look like and wait for them to come out and hand them their CVs on the way out. Who told you that? I, 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 I hate that story. <laughs> Steve, you've got to stop. <laughs> Between this and the mugging, it's just, it's not looking good for you. Um, man's got to eat. Man has got to eat. Um, but yeah, so for a long time, I kind of downplayed the acting side of things. And I think for that first TV series that I got optioned, which is called In the Blood, um, and that was about a female forensic pathologist who had like this um, sort of interesting relationship with morality and so she would spend her days uh, identifying bodies with hair and dna and fingerprints and things like that and then at night to sort of scratch this itch that she had about morality um she would log onto the dark web onto this anonymous forum where she's known as the gatekeeper and helps murderers who log in who've just killed someone to expunge those same details hair dna that kind of stuff um 
so uh yeah when i first started pitching that around they said like do you see yourself playing Knox?" and i was like no because i've been in this industry too long to know that i'm not going to get this project over the line and if i'm attached to it i don't think that will help it with broadcasters like if i was you know, Saran Jones or something, and mm. I pitched a TV series where I am the lead star. Natalie Dormer has made her own production company, Dog Rose Fil- uh, Productions. She's just amazing. And I think her idea is that she'll develop some things, but then, you know, the, the implicit thing is that she is a name that can get things off the ground. Um, so, but for me personally, I don't tend to try and put myself in things yet. Mm-hmm. Um I will get to a point where I can, <laughs> but I just want to get to green light first. Yeah. And there's always, like, there'll be some little role in something that I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll, I can, I can pitch myself to that. But yeah, so I, I, I've tried to keep those two things separate. And I was having a conversation with my various agencies this, this year, because for my acting, I actually have a show name, like a, an actor's name. Which is Zara Day, uh, call management. Thanks. Uh, so <laughs> if you want to hire me. When did you? take that stage name uh that was about two years ago and it was part of an experiment actually because my last name Symes is right down the end of the the alphabet and I had heard from cast and director friends that when your agents put you forward for roles yeah it doesn't matter how quickly they click on that submit 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 it actually counts what your last name is because when spotlight puts all those lists together it goes they reconfigure it so it's all by last name alphabetically so i'm fucked then yeah you are so done this is probably why you're so unsuccessful yeah yeah <laughs> that and my inability to scream as yeah, well yeah yeah i mean you're Shit, mugging i'm reappraising everything it, you, i mean it this was, has it been was enlightening for me at the end of the day it was an experiment so i i, I love doris day my grandmother's maiden name was davis so i took the last the, the name zara day as yeah. my screen name um and that was also because it helped me keep those two parts of my life separate. Okay. And this year, I feel like it's much more of a um, coming together. So I've, I've written this, this play, this one-woman play. So it's coming together of like myself in my two different parts okay. to, to, to be one person. Oh, <laughs> so that's like interesting. Fractured personality. Um, but yeah, so I don't know whether I'll, I'll still keep those two different names, but in terms of like presenting myself to production companies in development meetings, I am 100% writer. Yeah, like, okay. It's just, they are hiring me for my writing brain. And then if they want to hire me again later as an actor, totally cool with that. In fact, I really would love that. But it's cool that you can put the distance between them both mm. because, you know, I imagine, you know, it's quite a hard thing. If you started off acting and then you yeah. get into writing to just say, okay, fine, this is just me as a writer. And it's, I think that takes like some maturity to be able to take more of a longer term view of it. Well, to be perfectly honest with you, the writing came at a time when I was very depressed about, not depressed, but I just, I'd fallen out of love with acting because okay. I felt like it was giving me nothing back. And I would started mm. to have anxiety attacks when I was on set because I felt like I'm not really getting anything out of this. Am I even good at this? Like this is what is the point of any of this? I've been doing this for 10 years and it's kind of, I'm just getting little, I mean, I've been getting some great roles. Like in independent film, I've done some fantastic things, but um, it, you just hit a point in your career. And I think everyone goes through of like, you've been going for this long. And sometimes it's that person who just pushes through and the next thing they get is huge. And I, I hope that still happens, but I think I've come to a much healthier place 
where I can feel secure in both sides of what I can do. And that's only because I was able to step back from acting and then re-engage with it later. Sure. Because the writing fulfilled me creatively for mm-hmm. a couple of years while and also because goddamn my my god like being a female uh, performer mm-hmm. like late 20s early 30s that is the desert of despair my friends there was very few roles like some commercials but like i'm now coming up for commercials where i'm playing a mother which is really <laughs> hilarious to me um but well, you're the mother of a puppy so it kind of makes I sense am. i'm a mother i'm a mother you are a mother yeah. i have responsibilities now steve i need you to be you went method you went method yeah how can i be a more convincing mum? i know i'll buy a puppy i'm pretty ridiculous with her like i cradle her in my arms and tell her how much no i wonder her. she's biting you get off me <laughs> she's got intimacy issues that's the reason why smother has mother in it um. <laughs> very true so just to go back a step um mm-hmm. During that period where you said you did suffer from depression and anxiety, mm. uh, how did you manage to sort of push past that? Do you still, do you get about depression and anxiety? And if so, what kind of methods did you put in place mm. to, to sort of counteract it? I don't think, I, I mean, I think depression, it probably was, but I didn't get any help for it, which is right. stupid of me. But I Sometimes you don't even recognize don't that as a thing, it. right? Yeah. You look back and you're like, damn, like that was, that was some was dark, dark times, times for you. Yeah. Um, but with the anxiety that still happens, like even more so actually, I, I started getting anxiety attacks when I was 27, 28. How does it man- And how would it manifest itself? Just like severe, like shaking, um, okay. inability to, to talk properly. Um, would it be when you were un- you felt under pressure or yeah. just, okay. There so like, a- for instance, going back to you talking about in those pitch meetings and yeah. that, the intensity of that would trigger something like oh, that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is really, really hard. But then, you know, with, with the, 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 the developed meetings, you could actually just be like, you know, I'm just going to pop to Lou for a second. Do you mind? Like, And they're like, yeah, of course. Because they think you're just going to, to poo all wee and it's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's a great thing. <laughs> I'm gifting you with my refuse. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you just need to like have a few moments to, like splash some cold water on you and just to sort of bring yourself back. But sort of uh september of last year i had my first depersonalization event which was i thought i was losing my mind and that, that was actually really distressing depersonalization, depersonalization. Event. What? i haven't heard, that, heard term. that no what is that it's basically where you stop understanding who you are as a person like right. i had to keep I, I was trying to search my own name i was lying in bed partner was next to me and i felt like i had started to float and I was trying desperately to hold on to reality and to hold on to who I was, but I, I felt like I've done some drugs in the past um, and it, it felt like I was tripping on something. Right. And I turned to my partner. I was like, I need you to tell me a story. Like, I, I need you to tell me a story now. And he which is like thinking about that now, I was like, that must have been such a weird thing to have your partner who's just like really sort of like spaced out, turning over, like, tell me a story. And that did help sort of ground me down a bit for the next 24 hours. I... I had to keep sort of repeating to myself, my name is Ara Symes, my mother is Margaret, my father is Craig. Wow. It was, it was really, I thought I was having a psychotic break um, and it turns out it was just anxiety related. Um, and do you think that that was all triggered via work or was it, it was a combination? Stress. I right. think it was, um, her horror had just started picking up a lot of traction and I had, you know, as we all do, I think in this industry, a massive imposter syndrome um, moment and then my parents were actually visiting at the time and I'd seen them earlier in the day. It was totally fine. They were booked for a 6.40 p.m. 
taxi to take them to the airport and I was in town and I was trying to get to them to say goodbye and I was on the bus and I was probably a stop and a half away two stops away from the house and I had this call from my mom she's like the taxi driver's here he's 20 minutes early and I was like but you like <laughs> just tell him to wait and uh she just felt bad she's like oh, you know he, he said he's got other jobs I'm like that's not our problem he was booked for 6 45 like he needs to wait and she's like we're just gonna go I'm like you're just gonna go back to Australia when I am three minutes around the corner you're just gonna go you're just gonna leave without saying goodbye probably she's like oh we said goodbye earlier in the day and it just sort of snowballed for me into this moment of like what if the plane crashes what if my I mean they're in their 70s now what if my parents have a heart attack and and the last time I could ever have seen them, ever hugged them and held them and told them I love them was taken away from me by a taxi driver who had double booked himself and I couldn't wait. They couldn't wait the three minutes. And it was literally like I walked through the door, I think in time to see the taxi drive away. And it was just like this moment of just feeling like I'm so far from home. I'm so far from the people I love. My parents are getting older. Am I making the right choices? I'm being asked to do all this stuff that is incredibly important and very exciting. And it's what I've worked for for so long, but it's also very stressful. And because I haven't done anything to this, like I've, I've worked on projects that have been optioned and then have gotten pitched to broadcasters, but this feels like it's the first thing that's actually really going to go. And I feel like sometimes still I'm waiting for my producers to turn around and be like, you don't know what you're doing, do you? Yeah, so the like, inner... No, I don't. <laughs> Sorry. Like, the inner critic kind my of inner taken critic, over. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it all just sort of spiraled into this. And I think it, that is what triggered it, my parents going away. But it was a lot of things coming together. And um, yeah, it was, it was really scary. And I, I called um, Southwark Council the next day and they had some people I could talk to. And they told me what it was because um, at that time I thought I was so just... So you got through to a, or did that, a like mental therapy. health? A, a talk, yeah, okay. talk With, therapy. As part of the council, they provided that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. But I mean, I didn't get directly through. Okay. Uh, I managed to talk to someone who put me, you know, on a list. and, and But she was well-versed enough to be like, okay, it sounds like you've had a depersonalization event. It's normally brought on by anxiety. Because even just knowing that, because I, I really thought I was losing my mind. And all this work that I'd done, like I just had this image in my head of like the producer's being like, oh, she's lost it. Yeah. She's lost it completely. And the embarrassment and, you know, telling my friends who are also excited for me, like, oh, I, I blew it because, you know, mental health. Like, that's, that was just, it really, you know, you know, it's one of those horrible things about mental health things. You don't reach out because you feel like as soon as other people know that you're faltering somehow, not that they won't help you, but that's other people who know that you're not perfect, that right. you're not so in control and everyone seems to be steaming ahead you know from the outsider's point of view and it was just um it was just good to know exactly what it was clinically so that i wasn't you know losing my mind or having a break or something like that that i'd have to you know go into care for um but i did need to have some serious you know workshops and, and talks and stuff which i still haven't done because i'm just busy but so how did you move past it um I spoke to other people who there was a girl at my work who had had some time off recently because she had she has severe depersonalization issues like she has bouts like monthly which okay. is just horrifying um but she at least was there to talk to and like just to compare notes and to say you know this is what happened to me she's like yeah that's that's exactly it like and this these are my coping mechanisms there's some breathing techniques that you can do there's like some touch points that you can um you can do like you there's one thing where you 
close one nostril, breathe in, and then close the other nostril and breathe out through the other nostril. Yeah. And there's also like, even just getting down to the ground, it's all about grounding yourself because it's that floating okay. sensation, that feeling of like not being in control and just your mind breaking loose and, and feeling like it was completely airborne. So just grounding yourself to the ground, even if it's just like kneeling for a second or or touching the earth or just making sure that you, you can get that contact, uh-huh. especially with your body because it feels like you're segmenting away. Right. Um, but yeah, so it was really scary and it made me it made me really open my eyes to the pressure I've been putting on myself and not talking about it and just trying to be much more open about not the struggle, but I mean, yes, the struggle, even now I'm doing it. I'm doing the sort of, you know, quantification of stuff. Like it's a struggle. It's hard. It's hard to balance your life out. It's hard to like let people see that you're not perfect and that you're not this person who is just steaming ahead with life and, and it goes from A to B to C seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Um, it's really hard to sort of sometimes just let down your mm. guard. Like, if you hadn't have told me that, I wouldn't yeah. have known. I've and never, talk- I've never we, told you about that. And we've seen each other and like, oh, hey, how are you? Yeah, fine, thanks. How are you? I, I think it's only been the last year where I've properly allowed myself to reach out to people yeah. and... Um, just sort of let them know like how I'm feeling yeah. and I'll have specific people that I'll go to for specific things like the other day I was feeling like really angry about something and so like who can I speak to that's really zen yeah and it was a friend of mine Andrew uh, Gentili who's been on this podcast before okay. and uh, he's like an improviser very sort of very zen very funny also very zen like I called him and I was like I'm really really angry <laughs> and he sort of just you know just listened yeah. and then you know we just had a talk and then I felt like so much better after it's you know that that thing of just bottling it yeah. in. It, I don't obviously it's I don't think it's very healthy, but it's also this thing. I, I think we're getting better in society for sure. There's yeah, a lot more talk I about mental so. health. Like, you know, there's loads more, especially in our industry as well. But not wanting people to know that you're in some some shape or form like weak, even though they wouldn't interpret it that way. You don't want to sort of let down your guard yeah. or, or you know your armor. Yeah, I think that's true. I think there is a lot more um, understanding in the industry. There's a lot more op- openness. But I do, there's another side of it, which is kind of like, I was talking to someone the other day, he's a PR expert. And he's like, you really need to think of your brand. I'm like, that's kind of the opposite of what I'm trying to do because the brand is great. The brand is fantastic. But what you're saying about branding yourself is presenting a certain facade yeah. of like, this is what I'm selling myself as. And actually, you know, I mean, I think there's an authenticity in your branding that you can do as well, which is like, look, I'm a bit of a clusterfuck to be honest like but you can trust me I, I will get the work done and I'm, I'm very good at what I do um but I just think particularly with Instagram and with social media and stuff there is a, a pressure to present a sort of unified front and like a sort of idealized version of yourself yeah like I do notice a bit of a two-edged sword for sure like on Instagram you know particularly yeah. it's sort of you know check out my Instagram guys yeah it's flawless <laughs> and I can vouch for that <laughs> The most recent posts and you back the red carpet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. BAFTA, baby, BAFTA. But in, yeah, Instagram obviously is known for that. People mm. putting forward the best version of themselves. But I've definitely, there's definitely people on Twitter, in the, particularly in the comedy world, yeah. who uh, just sort of like will be super honest and, and put forward how they're thinking or feeling in a humorous way. Or not even in a humorous way, but like someone who comes to mind is, you know, London Hughes. She won the Edinburgh Fringe yeah, last yeah. year. And she'll, she'll always... Uh, tweet about her hapless love life and all this sort of thing but she does it in such a funny way and I I, I really admire that honesty, that yeah. sense of honesty and 
maybe that is her brand but it's like a, it's like it feels like an honest yeah. brand of like oh, this is who i am fucking take me or yeah. leave me type thing at least it's being like honest about yeah i'm i'm, I'm not really like that to be honest on mm. on social media part of me would like to be but then there's also part of me that thinks well if i start going down that route then you're going down you know it's not it's not not, not even a slippery slope it's like it then becomes a thing and mm. you're sucked into it you're tied into it yeah and then also there's the risk like particularly in the industry where which is searching for authenticity um in i'm speaking specifically to to writers at this point but like a lot of the stuff that gets that you, you pitch out they're like why are you pitching this like what is it that you re- respond to in in this work and there is an aspect of like, well, if I come out as someone who has anxiety and, and has had depersonalization episodes, am I only going to get pitched mental health shows? Like yeah. the, the series that involve a character with mental health, which you know, I'll take because it is fascinating to me. And I, I, but there's so many other things that you want to talk about that you want to pitch and you don't necessarily want to have to keep relying on that one aspect of your personality. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you, you, you don't want to be hemmed in, do you? No, no. Uh, jump around the different yeah. genres do a bit of a wiggle do a bit of a jazz um <laughs> a bit of hip-hop yeah you know i had an audition the other day for a, um uh it's a commercial and i had to dance for it and i walked into the audition room and you know bless her because this casting director brings me in for everything and i love her but i was easily 15 years older than everyone else everyone else was very clearly a trained dancer because they actually said that like right. all right trained dancers this is the bit where you can do that um actors you can do this bit my god 30 seconds in it was a yeah 30 seconds in i was like i'm doing really well it's great like i'm like you know jazzing and stuff and then about 35 seconds i was like oh my god but they didn't say stop they just kept on going it was about three minutes of dancing and then they wanted to ask some questions piece to camera afterwards. And I was just red faced and sweating and like breath coming up short. Yoga does nothing, guys, cardiovascularly, absolutely nothing. But um, yeah, I just remember like wiggle dancing. That's funny. That's, that's, what, that's what sparked for me. Yeah. I mean, you'll use. I was. I was. I was say, use back. that. Use that, and it didn't get a call back. No, there's no. still time. <laughs> I think that ship is sailing. They'll dance their way all over to your front door. <laughs> all the other actresses about accidents. It's weird. Are you available? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and that's part of your horror anthology yeah. series, yeah. episode four. Yeah, absolutely. The serial killer actress. Yeah, it could be actually. That'd be, be pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. If Actually, you need a co-writer, really a yeah, Maybe co-writer, sure, no problem. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, um, no, you're you're a man. You can't be a part of this. <laughs> this is true. I yeah, I you know, I'd like to think I have sort of the feminine you side. Do. You do. You know, my the feminine features. I mean, you're gorgeous. I mean, I didn't. It's I mean, so I wasn't pretty. prompting you to say so, but I appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, you're saying yoga. Yeah, you do yoga. You do the old downward dog and all yeah, that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Good for the calves. Um, Where are my dogs? And the hammies. Do you have any other hobbies or anything else that, you know, you can just rely on to take you away from, you know, the entertainment biz and all that shenanigans and just sort of like give it just like, yeah, this is my me time. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to say I do, but so many things that I'd like to do require money which hasn't always been available to me. So I love ceramics. Like I love doing pottery. I've gotten very much into foraging. Okay. Uh, So I've got, I've got some black walnuts that I'm making Nocino out of, which is like a vodka based liqueur. Okay. Um, It looks 
diabolical. It's it's a black liquid in a mason jar. Right. I'm meant to shake it every day. I shake it like every couple of days. Um, I'm pretty sure I was meant to take the walnuts out by now. But yeah, it's I just find real joy in um, finding the food that exists because we've had this like massive separation of between where we get food from, which is the supermarket, pre-packaged, pre-cleaned, ready to eat, even though you know, people still wash it afterwards. I get mine with my bare hands. Your bare hands? My bare hands. Bare I get hands my on. food from my bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> I make it out like I'm like this really sort of manly hunter, but I'm actually vegan. <laughs> I get my plants with my bare hands. Anyway, um, sorry for but yeah, so I've done like yeah. a couple of foraging walks with various like people who, who take you around. I don't know why, just the word foraging sounds really nerdy. It is hugely nerdy. Yeah, it sounds It's very... hugely nerdy because essentially, what, especially for the one we did uh, last summer. Was it summer? No, it was like sort of February, May. So nothing was out. Like nothing was blooming. I don't know why I booked us in for it. It was my poor partner. He says yes to everything I suggest. Um, everything. And um, basically it was a bunch of people looking at grass. He was like, oh, this is, you know, cow's purse and you can have this as a salad. This is another type of salad. Like, this is purslane. You can use that as salad. And it's a bunch of people, all young hipster urbanites looking at grass and, like, taking photos. I took photos of the grass. Like, no joke. I can show it to you in my notes thing. And it's just, it is incredibly nerdy. But I do find it really satisfying. And it, it, it... satisfies my urge to get out into nature like i've always been very much a sort of forest bush kind of girl mm-hmm. um i like to go on walks in the in in the sort of foresty areas um which is difficult in london um but it's the reason i will never move to la um but yeah i really enjoy that okay so i'm gonna ask yeah. you a question we're gonna we're gonna wrap sort of this like up rapid fire round just with one question okay, only cool. though. Just one rapid question. Yeah, so I, I build it up to be something that wasn't uh you can you can relax. It's I'm just so the nervous. one question uh that uh-huh. is re- relatively straightforward. Yeah. I don't know why I'm dragging out. I've never dragged <laughs> out like this like, before. You know I have anxiety. Like why would you do this to me? Uh, okay. <laughs> Tell me the question. What, <laughs> what what does the idea of um balance mean to you? Ooh, or not? What a good question. So balance for me that I've had it, I've achieved it a couple of different times. And I think it's also very much about acknowledging when you do have balance, um, even if it's just for a couple of minutes a day or when you have everything under control and you feel like you're actually not even like killing it, but just doing well and you're not hurting and you're just, just succeeding at the tasks that you've tried to achieve today. But I think yeah, balance to me is addressing the issues that I have and that I'm aware of, keeping an eye out for new issues, talking constantly to my partner and to my family and to my friends so that I'm sort of trying to deal with the shame aspect of not feeling like I'm a whole person sometimes. And yeah, but the idea of having balance is when I look around, it's like when you're in a really clean room, like a lovely decorated, which this is, it's beautiful. Um, sort of very well appointed room that is yours and you look around you're like is there anything I need to do or touch or move and it's like a sense of peace of like no it's everything's kind of where it needs to be right now and that's kind of for me how I feel when I do have those moments those flashes and sometimes weeks at a time of of balance that's a beautiful answer thank you I'm a writer (laughs) and an actor hireable now (laughs) (laughs) it shows it shows (laughs) 
Um, no, seriously, thank you for your your sort of honesty and openness. You're I think you know it's not easy to say yeah. that stuff. I'm just pretending no one's going to hear this. I'm yeah. telling you, podcast is terribly unsuccessful, and that no one is it's, ever going to hear it. It's just a conversation between yeah. you and I. But I think you know a lot of people listening, and because well, it's it's very relatable. We all mm. we all go through our own issues, and yeah. so such so as some people don't necessarily vocalize it, yeah. and so when you're hearing other people in similar experiences and particularly in in a field that you might be in or mm. aspiring to get into then i think it's um yeah it's super helpful yeah. so thank you let's talk about it yeah for sure um so where can people find about mm. you on talking about anxiety where can people find out about you on social media on social media um i'm at zara symes on both twitter and instagram i think Okay. My dog is at Luna under slash the under slash blue staffy. Oh no, wait, Luna under slash blue under slash staffy, and that's S T A F F I E. Um, and yeah, she's amazing. Okay, she's is she beautiful. is she her true authentic self she on Instagram? Is so much her true authentic okay, self. Okay, fantastic. I mean, well, she's that... a little photoshopped, but just bring that saturation right up. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Twitter, um, Instagram. That's kind of it. I'm terrible on Twitter, but yeah, I'm gonna get better. Way, way to sell yourself thank you please um, follow me <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you very much for coming on thanks so much for having me steve Absolute you're awesome please pleasure. don't mug me <laughs> Perfect. well that was a fun time chat huh i've got a lot of respect for people that you know come on to whether it be my podcast or or, or anyone else's and just give such a honest and open account of struggles they're facing whether it be work related or via mental health so big props to zara and what a all-round fun time gal she is uh, so i hope you enjoyed that conversation and as always you found some something interesting to to get out of it and as always if you did please do rate and review us on the old apple uh, it, it is old now isn't it i mean not just apple as a brand but you know do you remember when itunes first came out it was like this it was like what is this this is incredible it's the best thing ever and now I'm sorry, but it is a pile of poo. But that being said, <laughs> please do rate and review us on on Apple's platform. Should I have said that? Does it matter? No, it doesn't really. It's not It's not as if Tim Cook is going to be listening to this conversation, is he? And Or to this ramble. It's not really a conversation. It's more of a, more of a rambling monologue that he, he will not have on the top of his things to do list to, to listen to. So I think we're safe. I think we're safe. But that being said, yes, do, do rate, review, subscribe, all that jazz. And just to remind you, Balancing Acts is made in association with the comedy crowd who support independent comedy creators such as myself they showcase the best new videos on comedycrowdtv.com videos range from adult animation sketch shows web series viral hits the whole shebang so if you're a creator or even you know a fan of comedy google them have a look i'm sure you'll like what you see so uh, do check them out that's it from me until next time have a good one A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.